Welcome to Seishura. I'm Jim Jam. I'm Scoop Magoo. And uh, we've got some interesting stuff today, but um, let's just get the sad stuff out of the way. Um, yeah, so, yeah. This, this is a real bummer. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's weird, but like, I, I, I always say I expect this type of thing, but I, I kind of did again. Uh, but, you know, if it isn't already obvious, uh, Scott Walker passed away earlier this week. Um, and we're both pretty big fans of at least his waiter, late waiter, his later work. Um, and you know, I, I didn't see this coming, frankly, in a sense, like I, I, it was weird. Like a couple months ago, I was like, huh, Scott Walker's getting pretty old, huh? Like, so. Oh, did you really have that thought? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, it's weird. I like this type of stuff happens with, with like musician deaths sometimes. Uh, for me, but um, anyway, so you know, it, it's do, do you know what uh, like the reason for his death was? Uh, I don't imagine we'll find out just because I mean, he was always a private person. I mean, I, I think that the you know, the family obviously they wanted to let people know, you know, his his music has has touched a lot of people, it's obviously worth uh, kind of revealing that. Uh, I don't, I can't say I expect that we'll ever find out um but yeah it just this it's it's odd because he's so infrequently in the public eye Mm. um that i I guess it's it, it was almost this was bound to happen when it did happen just because you know he kind of he periodically would come out with a new album he was getting a little bit more uh, frequent in his output in recent years, yeah, but, but with, still with, not like not super. But yeah. yeah, like nothing. And I guess, I mean, Bish Bosh came out what twenty twelve. Let me see. Yes, twenty twelve. Do twenty twelve. Yeah, and and, and then, then, then Seuss or Soused, however you want to say it, came out in twenty fourteen. Yeah, so I mean, that's a two year gap versus I mean, we're talking upwards of a decade between or more longer so between his. Pre- I the, someone on Wikipedia actually noticed this that it's it's. There's actually 11 years in between each solo album, like that make up that trilogy. So between okay. Tilt, The Drift, and Bish Bosh, there are 11 years in between Tilt and Drift, and 11 years between Drift and Bish Bosh. Interesting. Yeah, which is like very odd. Um, but I, I don't know if that's 11. 2006 to 2012. No, that's not 11. Duh. God, who wrote this thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says its next three albums each release eleven years apart. No, that's 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 not true. Um, with, with, with Tilt and the Drift, it is, but yeah, I, or or oh, you know what? Maybe it's it. They're talking about he's talking about Climate of Hunter and Tilt, yeah, and then the Drift. Um, you know, I, I remember you trying to recommend Scott Walker to me years and years ago, and. Uh, I was listening to Bish Bosh, and the the beginning, uh, the the opening track of that, which is uh, "See You Don't Bump His Head," I I couldn't get past that because of like the constant like kick drum, like it just yeah. like gave me like such a headache. Um, but it's funny because uh, listening to a bunch of his stuff again this week, Bish Bosh is probably like my favorite of of his solo stuff. Um, I would say my favorite album is altogether is Seussed. I, I, I love Seussed so much. Um, I, maybe it's just because it's just like, like some of it is just so fucking ridiculous. Just like Brando is like all about just how much of a sadist Marlon Brando was in his movies. Yeah. <laughs> or like, um, I want to say it's Bull that has that, that lyric, uh, Bump the Beaky, which I just, it's just a beautiful, a beautiful set of words. Bump the Beaky. Bump the no, he he just he had such a, a great way of saying things. Oh yeah. Um, uh, still, oh my god, I have to look up the actual lyrics. But there's a lyric on Bish Bosh that every time I hear it, I still think it's hilarious. Um, oh, what about um? I I I want. I think it's it could be Seuss again, where he he just says choo choo like a train, <laughs> choo choo mama. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> 
Yeah, he 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 truly was one of the most unique musicians. In terms yeah, of just you know the music he put out, but just also the trajectory. Of yeah, I was just gonna say anyone else I know. Yeah, like um, it, it is really cool to see. I, I you know what actually now that I think about it, uh, John Linden has sort of a similar trajectory, or at least did for a little bit. Uh, because you know, like he started out with, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, bless you. He started out with Sex Pistols and then he sort of went to Public Image Limited, which was just like a complete jump away from like anything you'd expect from the Sex Pistols. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I mean, but yeah, what Scott Walker did this to even a greater extent. That being said, have you ever listened to his earlier um recordings? Like, have you listened to like Scott three or four? Before. Yeah, I own all of his uh, Scots. Um, really? And huh. yeah, I, I mean, they're. I don't think it's fair to say if you've heard one, you've heard them all. But it's definitely they all kind of fit in the same. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know which of the. I guess I would say I wouldn't know which of the four to recommend most. Like they all kind of fit in the same. Uh, definitely very. You know that '60s '70s vibe, baroque, and, kind uh, of. baroque pop, and his typical, you know, kind of deep, you know, operatic almost vocals. Um, yeah, I, I actually tried to listen to Scott three and four earlier this year, and I am just, I, I did not like those to be totally honest. Like it just it happened that I went to Newbury and they were all there for I think like maybe five six bucks each or whatever they were all like relatively cheap so yeah. I was like, all right well I, I I should grab this you know easily um, but yeah they're they're not my favorite iterations of his style um, yeah I mean for me like a climate of hunter is really good and like basically everything after that I'm all about but I just like Scott three and four I'm just like I I and my, like just listen to those I don't even want to listen to Scott one and two <laughs> really. Um, <laughs> I, I I was actually thinking too, like um I, I really want to listen to to his uh, soundtracks at some point because yeah. th- those are supposed to be like really dissonant strings, um and actually that Vox Lux soundtrack that we were talking about um earlier I think on an episode a while ago um it's actually so he does the score and then the soundtrack is done by Sia, uh so so they're not working together but they're both on the same album. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Um so I wouldn't mind listening to that. I, I the only thing is like when I listen to soundtracks, I usually like to watch the movie at some point too, just to get an idea yeah. of like the context of it. And I really don't want to watch Vox Lux. So oh, it is just not doesn't look like it's up your alley. It's um well parts of it look cool. Like it, it's so Natalie Portman plays like this this girl who sort of becomes like a Lady Gaga-esque pop star after a school shooting. Um, but like she was like a witness in a school shooting, basically. Um, and, and I just like, there's something about that that like, I I, I can see it going being very cringy. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that definitely is the, yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it has a 59 on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm like, yeah... That that really sounds like it go either way. Yeah, yeah so I'm like I'm like I'm not even I really don't even want to take the chance. But his other soundtracks, uh, Pola X and Child of the Leader, uh, I really wouldn't mind checking out because I I, I Pola X looks like a really interesting movie, um, but you know it's I think it's it's more about like, um, you know trying to find <laughs> where you where you can even find those movies because like Pola X is just like you know, foreign, foreign art house movie. So I think child, sending a child little leader to the same extent, kind of. That, so. that doesn't surprise me. Though. I mean, that, that seems like, um, I feel like he, he must've been very considering how much care and time he put into his music. I'm not surprised. He also was equally just, you know, he only wanted to do very specific things. Oh yeah. No, I his, mean, uh, if you, so like the first track of tilt, um, a farmer in the city is based off of uh the death of uh Pasolini the Italian director um who was apparently like i guess he had hired uh like a male prostitute who ran him over in his car or i, I like like i think it's it, it it's the details are a little murky i think but like that's kind of the gist of it um that's 
that's you know like I'm not surprised, but that's still very interesting. Yeah. To say the least. Oh yeah. No. He yeah. a lot of his a lot of his lyrical themes like you know, um, I wouldn't mind looking more at his lyrics just because like I they really they really throw me for a loop because like sometimes like you know like in Bishbosh like you know th- there's a track where like they're just like farts. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that like like he he obviously doesn't like I, he has a sense of irreverence about him but at the same time he has like you know like his delivery is very reverent. And so sort of like the distortion that creates is um you know interesting cuz you, you don't know how serious he is about things. Um, but like, je- like the the track Jesse off of the drift is actually about um, Elvis Presley's uh, stillborn twin brother. Oh, so, wow! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's which is which is a real thing, by the way. That Elvis was like haunted by his stillborn twin brother for like his entire life. That is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, a lot to say, you know. It's it's sad that we won't be hearing anything from him, or at least I kind of hope we don't hear anything from him because I um sometimes families of deceased musicians have the urge to put out something uh that perhaps wasn't wanted to be you know put out by the musician. I feel like they would respect his I, again. You know who who knows? I don't really know what it is you know he's been so much of a recluse for so long that i don't know if uh we know much about him or his family or his dynamics but like the, the, that's the thing is like the same thing with prince though yeah that's true and then, prince and then was very much a have... recluse and now we have his family pretty much whoring him out so but also i i feel like seeing as how much care he put into each album i'd be curious i mean i don't know what his his workflow seems very much you know he just puts you know, so much time and effort into each individual album. I'm not sure if he even has um, a back catalog of maybe he had a back catalog of ideas that aren't really releasable in the sense that he still was, you know, brainstorming them and whatnot. Um, yeah, I I don't really I know, don't know, but but I think considering that how much if you look at his work, it's kind of sped up throughout the last couple of years. So like with Bish Bosh, he pretty much put out something every two years. Yeah. Um, you know, which makes me think that there might be a lot going on. I, I don't know, but I, I, I'm really hoping that we don't hear anything from him. As as strange as that sounds, and like, I, I, you know, part of me is like, I would love a new Scott Walker album, but like, I'd I'd want it if he was alive. Like, you know, because I, 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 you know, he spends so like you said, he spends so much time with these things that like, you know, he has a personal vision for every album. And he works like just tirelessly to make sure that that vision happens, and so like you know to have anybody else release it, I think would just be doing his him and his music just an injustice. So oh, absolutely. I mean, I I really don't think that uh, um, it definitely it would be more of an insult than maybe other artists in the sense that you can at least see where. Prince's family is coming from like I, you know, I, I think that they should leave leave it alone. You know, I, I don't leave think Prince alone. <laughs> but 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 to be fair, I mean, there are a lot of people who would want to hear his music, and obviously, there's a lot of money to be made. Whereas I feel like with Scott Walker being such a niche, uh, like I feel like there's not even that opportunity there. So really, it would just be it would be such a selfish thing to to release it, and and it, it, I, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't. That's the thing. I wouldn't want them to like like when he was with the Walker brothers, they were like you know, poised to basically be, like, the next Beatles. Like, they were, like, that popular at the time. Uh-huh. But, you know, I he... I think his... His artistry, like, like you know, I think his, his desire to explore more experimental territory ended up sort of fucking that up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Absolutely. So I, I could see someone, like, re, like reissuing, like, these old... um, Like, the old Walker Brothers albums and, like, the old... Uh, you know Scott one to four albums a little bit, but yeah, but I, I'm I'm in agreement. So yeah, and, and also I'm not sure at this point that that's the other interesting thing about <clears throat> excuse me his career is that I feel like 
there's not nearly as much interest in what he did before. Like I feel like yeah. what he moved into is what um, um, because we're so far removed from those initial albums, whether it be the Walker Brothers or you know Scott One through Four. Um, you know, obviously he had the the really forgettable or the the period everyone would want to forget, where he made like easy listening and country pop, and then you know there was some silence, and then really just out of nowhere he um, he came back with with this really exper- experimental music, starting with Climate of Hunter. Um, yeah. So I'm not sh- I'm not sure if re-releasing those old albums would really do because I think what really has garnered the attention is. Um, I guess I could see like vinyl reissues of um, you know the drift and tilt and stuff like that, which I'm really glad that I already own because I imagine those releases would be ridiculously expensive. Yeah, <laughs> um, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I I will say I well it's it's strange, but like tilt actually wasn't well received upon release. Like a lot of people were a little thrown like they they were taken aback by it a bit. Um, like, did you ever watch Thirty Century Man? The uh, the documentary. I've watched a BBC special. I'm not sure if that's no, it, an excerpt from it or no. Yeah, I guess I didn't. So I, I highly suggest watching that. Anybody who's interested in Scott Walker, I highly suggest watching Thirty Century Man. Uh, it's a really really interesting documentary. Sort of, uh, it goes from the beginning of Scott Walker's career with the Walker Brothers and everything. And uh, up until the recording of Tilt, or no, not Tilt, uh, The Drift. And in between that, it's punctuated with um, sort of little bits of recording from from The Drift. So, like, they have, like, a whole, you know, famously, like, this this part of the song where, like, he someone's punching, like, a side of beef, and they're recording it. Yes. Um <laughs> You know things like that. It's it's a really really interesting look at someone who's you know very reclusive. So, um, and I think it really it, it does his you know like it, it does him and his work justice. I think. And but but I think that uh, when they were talking about tilt, uh, I think it was it could have been Boy George actually, <laughs> if I remember right, who was like really disappointed with tilt that he was like i'm done i'm done with skull walker or something like that which is like really dude like <laughs> that's that's lame yeah i mean to be fair listening to tilt again I, it's it's probably my least favorite out of the albums i've listened to of his uh like out of like the avant-garde the more recent ones yeah, yeah. um j- just because i feel like other like as he's progressed it's gotten more and more interesting especially just mm-hmm. the, that's why i think bishbosh is so interesting because like he has like that that one sec that one track i think it's um yeah that that whole like sdss 1416 this is uh-huh. sort of a flagpole sitter that's like 21 minutes long um he's like yelling in it sometimes which i found really mm-hmm. interesting and like yeah he just does a really great um i i, I think his artistry just expands exponentially with with like every single album so yeah and it, it is unfortunate that he uh you know he's we won't hear that i mean frankly just given his age um yeah i i think that that's something to keep in mind is like you know these these people who we consider legends they're, they're getting old you know yeah um, so realistically we might have only heard probably one more album given just if, if he kept up his is you know the workflow up to that point um, you know, obviously, it's, it's really sad, regardless that he he's passed away. But mm. um, I, I think you know, kind of having the admittedly you know selfish position I have is like, oh, it'd be great to have another um, you know, have another album. I mean, you know, we're probably not going to get that. We're, we're going to get that anyway. Or yeah. if we were, it'd only be one more. Um, and what he released is some of the most, um, you know, you know some, some of the most interesting, you know, you know, forward-thinking music that you know, have heard in quite some time. So it's, mm. it's kind of it's difficult to be that you know upset that you know what he left. Um, and I, I think the other thing is I would love to see more things like Soust, uh, just because um, I feel like that is what Lulu was trying to be <laughs> uh, in, in the sense of you have like these two artists that you really wouldn't imagine would collaborate, but it just works you know surprisingly well I, like, I i don't know i mean like i i i it sort of makes sense for me to see 
Scott Walker and Son working together. Um, d- d- just because like Son is always kind of like this outsider in metal, I've always felt like, you know, like example like um, uh, Monoliths and Dimensions, how they have like that track dedicated to Alice Coltrane, you know, mm-hmm. but like like things like that, like like they they're definitely out there, and I think Scott Walker's equally out there, and it's more like you know like. In the far reaches of outer space, they managed to sort of collide and make this album. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I guess what I should have phrased it as I feel like Scott Walker and Son have enough not in common, um, yeah, to make it like an interesting combination. But also they have they do have enough in common that it's uh, it's interesting to say the least. It's mm. uh, um, I I mean I like I said I I, I it's, it's my favorite Scott album so. Um, but the, the, that's just me. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Any um, any final words? No, I, I mean from Climber the Hunter on, just to take your pick. I, I mean, I would say my entry point was Bish Bosch. It was yeah. something that was covered extensively at the time. You know, when I was kind of getting into you know Pitchfork Needle Drop and stuff like that. Um, and just the description of it sounded extremely bizarre, uh, and, and it was a relatively cheap copy that I I, I grabbed. It, and it, it was, that I, that now I I now own. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, that's is, true. Thank you again. I I, You're I welcome. love Bishbosh. So, <laughs> like plucking feathers from a song. What was it? Like like plucking feathers from a swan song. <laughs> it's like. That's like he just is, is so creative with his lyrics, and that I guess the 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 best way to close it out is I, I pulled up the exact lyrics that every time I hear it I, I laugh. It's if if shit were music, la da da la da da, you'd be a brass band, <laughs> which I think is just so beautiful. Well, yeah, he's I, actually so in Thirty Century Man, uh, they they interviewed David Bowie, and he's like. Yeah, I I have no idea what any of his lyrics mean, but goddamn, do I love it! <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. They're just so creative and so bizarre. And yeah, it's, just, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. So we um we're doing <laughs> now, now. It's time for something completely different. Well, is is it though? Because I mean, so um we're gonna we're talking about the new Triumvir Fowl uh, EP, Urine of Abomination, which I I came across this band from um. Uh, Anthony Fantano's um, weekly track roundup. They 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 released like a single off of this thing, and he was really digging it. And just like his descriptions of it was like, yeah, I'm gonna look out for this thing because he described it as just like really like noise written death metal. And so you know, I was in in just <laughs> the, the fucking cover of this thing is just amazing, yeah. <laughs> just with like the skeleton thing, just like yeah. just pissing and just like like I mean, it is. He he's 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 definitely he's 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 got a nice he's got a nice tool so let's just yeah. put it like that. <laughs> now, all things considered, I'm I'm just saying, man, like you know, because he doesn't even have a face, doesn't really have much of like skin, but like you know, he he he's he has that dong. So yeah, that's, um, that's all you need. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. So, um, you know, going into this, I I thought it was going to be a little like um. Well, okay, you know how Full of Hell will sort of use noise as a tool yeah. in, in their music? I felt like it was it was going to be something more like that, or even like White Suns to an extent. Yeah, for um, sure. Whereas the reality of this thing is that it, it's, you know, a very strong 15 minutes of, of just like disgusting death metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll say, though, that I'm a little sort of ambivalent on this thing like i'm sort of mixed like um like, like here's the thing is, is you you could go like there are much worse death metal albums out there that you could go good like you you could do a lot worse than listen to these guys uh because for all things considered it's it's pretty interesting death metal but i think that it's it's more like it feels like these guys aren't using the tools supplied to them as well as they could be um as well as just like the songwriting was 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 fine but i don't think it went any further than that like there wasn't anything that really like kept me wanting to listen um though 
I do suggest that uh, if people are interested in this, don't listen to this thing on speakers unless you have them like really loud. Mm-hmm. Um, like like this thing is is I better listen to on headphones mm-hmm. uh, just so you can even hear what's going on because like when I was listening to this thing on speaker, it well I mean I I was using like a nice pair of Bose speakers that I have, but um, you know I, I really couldn't even hear the vocals really well like it was just the 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 production is noisy and really messy and i mean this is purposeful i'm I'm not gonna discredit the album or ep for that um but like the vocals sort of took on like this gurgling toilet bowl type of yes mentality whereas yeah whereas when i listened to it on headphones i could actually hear what was going on you know it was Mm -hmm. like a little it was a couple steps higher above that which I is is such a plus for me because like the that that, that toilet bowl gurgle thing I, I just can't I that, that is just my least favorite thing about death metal frankly, um, but anyway I'm gonna turn it over to you man because uh you know much more about death metal than I do, and I'm always interested to hear what you have to say about especially about this thing so. Um yeah I mean. This is so. There's kind of this isn't like a real subgenre, but like there's a joke uh, that a lot of modern death metal is basically like caveman death metal, just like the like you the almost grunting, incoherent vocals and just super thick, you know, deep, murky production and just you know, loud, noisy, as heavy as you could be, and just kind of you know brutal for brutal sake. Um, I did like some of the noise. Um, well, let me rephrase that. I, I liked the noise elements they put in. They yeah. weren't that um, me too. prevalent. Uh, like, I, I kind of liked how you had some intros and outros and a few moments yeah. in between. Uh, I do wish that was a little bit more prominent, but I, I still enjoy what was there. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this is just, you know, this is a good Death Battle album, or EP. Um, I liked their last album, which came out in 2017, I believe. Um, yeah, they, they've, they've always been a, a good death metal band. Um, I, I, I really, I don't, I don't have anything negative to say about it. It's just that it really is just a, a, a solid modern death metal. Like it really, it fits into the straight. I wouldn't say it's, um, like there are a lot of bands that, that kind of do this thing and there aren't as many that pull away from the pack. Like I would say two mold. Um, they had a really interesting slant on this last year uh, with Manner of Infinite Forms, of Feather and Bone, with uh, Bestial Hymns of Perversion. They had a really interesting slant on, on this style. Um, I, th- I think the problem with modern death metal, maybe not the problem, but I, I guess just an aspect of it you have to get used to, is that there is so much good and okay and not just not as much you know phenomenal. Mm. Uh, there's just so much that hits it hits you relatively in the same way and it's just as enjoyable and just as well done, but it's kind of, it fits in the same type of, of mold. You know, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not the, the, the as, same, the same type of two mold. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, that was good. That no, was good. it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's fewer bands that, um, that do like really go above but the thing is for me is when a death metal band really hits out of the park it's just it's phenomenal um but i guess the, you, the, the, you don't you don't think this is an example of that or i think this is more in, in the good tier i mean yeah. like that, that's why i'm trying to speak somewhat carefully only in the, the sense because i really do think this is a, a good album uh i i guess i just don't um there, again, there are a lot of death metal albums and, and releases that sound like this. I mean, if you go, I mean, I could pull up my, um, you're, you're, you know, my my top albums of the year thus far list, and I could you know shout out several you know bands that sound relatively similar to this that I've enjoyed just as much. Um, which is why it's kind of tough to talk about in the sense that. Um, I'm not saying this isn't a noteworthy release or that if you don't like, I think if, if you enjoy death metal, especially the way that, uh, modern death metal has moved, you will absolutely enjoy this album like a lot. Mm. Um, but I think really for, this is for really hardcore death metal fans, uh, to, to, to an extent. I mean, yeah. it, it, I, I feel like this type of release is for 
it's going to most appeal to people who are just getting a death battle. And for them, this is like some of their first exposure. They're like, holy shit, this is crazy. Like, listen to how heavy this is. Listen to how you know crazy this is. And it's going to be for like hardcore fans that just want to hear this style of music like over and over and over again. Because like this is, you know, this is what they they listen to like this is their core style like you know it's like a hip-hop head that you know can listen to hip-hop all day long or someone like uh um like uh, noy noyan for example he said before that he literally could listen to tech death like all like one of the writers for like uh ahmed as well yeah like like, you know there there are people on heavy blog who literally like that that's just that's the style of music they love and listen to and um you know they could listen to that style all day long so I feel like th- those people will eat this up. But people in the middle who love death metal but aren't really as invested in it, this is going to kind <laughs> I, I of... I.E. me. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That's why I'm, that's why I'm not surprised. Yeah. I pretty much could have guessed you know, what you think of this EP because it, it does, for people in the middle who aren't you know super diehard or super you know evergreen uh, or, um, or super, super new, uh, they aren't really going to take as much from this as you know some other highlights from yeah. you know, this year recent years I, which, which is not to say it's not good yeah no i i i'm i'm in agreement because that's the thing like like i, like I said like the, you could do a lot worse like you know i it, this was an enjoyable you know experience um you know it's just like i i think when it comes to death metal writing like i i prefer stuff that has a little more of like like sort of like an interesting songwriting slant to it uh, mm-hmm. Which is why, like, I sort of stick to like you know, like something like Cathelist, because that like sort of the way they did they they wrote like uh, their last full length was just like I I felt like on a songwriting level it just really appealed to me, um, and with with this like it's not to say that the songwriting was bad by any means, but it just it didn't have like that pull that I usually like to hear from a death metal act, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, like you said, like I think that the noise elements when they're used are really cool. Uh, and really, the, the, what what put this on my list to check out anyway? But it, it would have been cool to see them used more as you know, instead of like an interlude or like a bookend. Um, you know, to hear like it become like an actual part of the music. Because, yeah, for sure. Because they're really like there are some awesome, awesome, noisy like sounds that they make. So you know, um, I would also. <laughs> Have you ever looked at at the discussion, like at the at like the description of this album? No, I haven't. Because um, I, I'm not I'm not even going to read any of this. But it it I you, you know how like sometimes like metal you, you can't tell if they're being serious or if they're really joking or not. Oh yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, th- that's sort of what's this, going yeah. on with this. Is that like they're 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 talking about basically like pissing on God, um. And uh, but but like, which I think isn't isn't like in itself kind of funny, but the way they describe it and sort of the descriptive the the word choice that's used makes me feel like it isn't meant to be funny. Um, and I I mean this isn't a judgment call on these guys. You know I you, you know you do you. I'm not gonna. I I think it was more like I'm I'm just sort of curious about this. More than anything. Yeah, th- th- that's why when he when he <laughs> you said, "Did you read the description?" The answer to that question for me is almost always no. Yeah, just because um, it's it's just it's almost always just over the top, and and w- w- whether whether or not they, I guess, like mean it, or whether or not they are you know are serious about it, or just trying to you know being tongue in cheek. It just it's it's so overdone, like it's so. Yeah, I don't know. Like it just it, it, it's it kind of become a meme. That that's one of the things that like the metalhead aesthetic is can be kind of annoying in, in my opinion. Just because I feel like people paint metalheads into a corner that they're always like Slayer and and just they're like dumb. Like, <laughs> yeah, that 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 it's like we're, we're all like uh, we're all like the the members of Death Clock. <laughs> they're like everything exactly. has to be brutal. No grandpa guitars. <laughs> No, I, I mean, like, for, for real, though, I, I feel like people are, are so quick to be like, this is, um, you know, th- this is what metalheads are like. They just, you know, they like riffs. They don't listen to, like, any any finer music or whatever. Um, and... But that's, the thing is, like, like, that's not even true in this album because, like, 
you know, the, these guys wouldn't be, you know, like the type of noise that these guys made for like some of the elements in this album. Like it's obvious that, that this isn't just all they're listening to, that they, they definitely have interest outside of death metal. So for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I understand that. So I just, I just thought it was a funny thing to bring up. I, I'd suggest anybody who's, who's in for like kind of a laugh to, to look at these because they, they're, they're just so insane that like, you sort of can't help but but laugh at them, r- regardless of of the author's intentions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God. All right. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, if anything, if you're not interested in this, just at least check out the album cover. Um, it's it's most definitely not safe for work, but it is just a great album cover. It, like just on a technical level, like, it's just it, it's a it's a it's actually a really beautiful painting. Despite what it's depicting, it's like the subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I think that, that, that's all I can do for this for this thing right now. Um, so, last week, um, our both of our albums of the week, we sort of uh, we were talking about them. We're like, we, we decided to do sort of like an album swamp thing where we listened to each one, uh, which were uh, Thirty Six Crazy Fists, uh, A Snow Captain Romance, and Mono Body Self Titled. Uh, debut album and um you know we thought we'd just talk about them a little bit today and uh you know i i are you cool if we just jump into mono body first sure or, yeah whatever works yeah for you. because i you know i wasn't really sure what to expect from this because you were like oh yeah this is like jazzy and i'm like i after listening to this i'm like i don't hear any jazz in this at all <laughs> you don't hear any jazz like there's a lot of fusion elements i i, I think when I think of like when you described it as jet, like I think I was thinking more of like um, oh like a bad bad not good type of thing that that like I, I like the jazz albums are a little more prevalent. Like I felt like this was this is more of like a prog rock album like through and through. Uh, to be totally honest, I, but this isn't to say I didn't like because I I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, like I heard them on the harbor. I really liked the guitar work on that and just just. Well, just the instrumental work on this entire album alone is just amazing. Like you can tell these guys just like they 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 they've definitely put in their hours of practice. Like they really know yeah, their instruments for um, sure. If, if but if anything, this reminded me sort of of um, Animals as Leaders. Yeah, um, for sure. But I could, I could see like that. not as heavy, but like you know, it still has like that weird like but whatever Tosin Abasi does to his guitar. Like I, I don't know if it's um, you know, just tapping or what have you, but it reminded me a lot of Tosin Abbasi's work uh, with Animals Leaders, at least before they got kind of um, boring. But <laughs> sorry, um, no, I, I, I really like this. Though. This is an interesting, interesting release. Um, I will say though that like I think as the album goes on like curry courier career uh like i sometimes the smoothness of it wasn't always my favorite thing um but at the same time i couldn't help but appreciate what was going on because i mean like, like you know it's, it was a it's a really it's a relatively short album um and it, you know it's just it has a lot of soul to it mm-hmm. um and just a lot of really just strong songwriting so i you know i'm a fan i i thought it was really cool so thanks for the reco breco <laughs> yeah i was really surprised i honestly thought you were gonna hate this so if i'll be totally honest yeah um, um i so like to i mean to, to be fair like you know like again like like those production moments that i thought were really smooth you know they 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 kind of dug at me a little bit more than i'd like to admit um just just because like th- there's something about like that extra smooth production style with jazz that just really rubs me the wrong way um you know I, I think part of this too has to do with like um sometimes the like sort of the choice of of melody and chord changes and things like that uh but like like it's it's sort of the same reason that i can't really listen to like a keith jarrett album because of just like sort of the notes he chooses aren't just like like it just kind of comes off as is like saccharine to me uh-huh. Uh, but I, I think there's enough like amazing songwriting here, and a just incredible, um, you know, uh, just performances that 
you know, I, I, I can't, I can't deny that like this thing is really good. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this really opened up. Um, so essentially what, what this is, I guess is, uh, if you're not aware, it's kind of math rock combined yeah. with like prog rock and, and some jazz fusion. I, can I see will that. say that, um, math rock is definitely the, the most prominent style yeah. here, which I, I, at the, at the time I didn't know because I really was not a, familiar with what math rock was. Yeah. Um, but this is at a time because obviously at late high school I really started getting into jazz. Took out you know Coltrane albums, Davis, Miles Davis albums from our local library, and was just really into um, getting into like what you know jazz at its core. Um, but then I, it kind of fell somewhat out of. I, I just I, I lost interest in it and just started listening to other styles of music and it was this album and then lingua franca by tram and then mm. vitamin f by fontanelle it was kind of th that trio of albums that really reinvigorated my interest in the style mm. um i could see that is, yeah which yeah. is why i have, have such a a strong affinity for um you know for, like i mean I, I just in general love what this this album has to offer but mm. at the same time I also uh, also just really uh, um, appreciated the fact of like it opened up my you know because now I, I love math rock obviously I love jazz and I feel like what this album presented kind of opened up my affinities slowly in some cases but more quickly in, in others um, to to, to what, what what they're doing here and it kind of it was a very accessible version of. Uh, of of styles I would go on to, to listen to much more frequently. Yeah, definitely. Actually, now that you bring up the math rock influences, I uh, th this actually reminded me a lot of um, this town needs guns. Yeah, too. for sure. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a very interesting mix of elements. So, uh, but our other one that we have, which is, you know, I'll just say right now, one of my favorite albums ever is uh 36 crazy fist the snowcap romance which is i think their yeah, their second studio album um and it's, it's sort of like I, I i guess it's like a metalcore they're like a metalcore band but they they have some interesting uh songwriting elements and the vocalist brock lindo brings some strange vocals and some interesting lyrics to the table as well uh and you would never really listen to them even though i've been like obsessed with these guys for like you know, years now. <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, when I went, when I was really in a battlecore earlier on in in my life, I, I they just never uh, like you know I listened to bands like As I Lay Dying, uh, Kill Switch Engage. Uh, those are the two that come to mind. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just and never as you know, never as much was into bands like this and in bands like uh, On Earth. Oh yeah, um, I, or, and I'm trying to think of some other bands that were kind of in this scene at the time that I, I just didn't. Really... Oh, Shadows Fall. Yeah, Shadows Fall. It's another one. That yeah, I, I, I like never the, really... just, just like that that whole Massachusetts hardcore scene. So so like yeah, um, exactly. Oh, what was what was that band? Um, someone with uh, Jamie Rasta's band. Um, Hatebreed. Hatebreed. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I maybe they're a little bit different, but like I still kind of put them in this general you know category um yeah so though thoughts <laughs> so i went into this and was like i'm not gonna like this just because i haven't liked this style of metalcore or really metalcore in general for a long time but man, I, I'm, I would be lying if I said that I wasn't moshing through like the vast <laughs> majority, like just like moshing to myself in, in, in like the bathroom, getting ready, and just like <laughs> around the apartment. Like this, this brought back so much. It, it, it's it kind of it speaks to the testament of how strong the songwriting is on this album because it brought back nostalgia for me. But like I don't even have any relationship with the music. If that makes sense, yeah. Like it, it just it brought me back to a time um, that, <laughs> like, I I didn't even um, I didn't even know I missed. Like, I didn't know this style of music was uh, something that I, um, you know, that I even had any interest in. And, and man, th this was just phenomenal. Like, like this is a really, really, really well written 
Um, I, I will say that in general, a lot of the music here, like I can't imagine listening to this on a regular basis just because it's not, um, it just isn't a style that I, I listen to anymore. But putting it on, I enjoy the hell out of this. The, 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 mm. I loved how, because the bands I mentioned that I listened to, uh, As Ellie Dying, um, Killswitch Engage, they were very much more um, traditional. Polished. I would yeah, I'd say they're more polished because what I liked about this album especially is that you get you know the catchy choruses and it's heavy and you get like the hardcore edge, but there's it's just a little bit rougher. Like it's not so rough. Like it's not on like a converged level or any like the metallic hardcore. If yeah. you if you understand that distinction, yeah. but it still had like a it was still it was heavier. It felt more. Um, it just felt more abrasive in in many parts, and I really liked that. And I just loved. Um, I'm not saying this to be negative, but like I loved all the the metalcore album cliches, like from the early 2000s. Like you had the track, I don't remember the name, but like where it was kind of like he was speaking through almost like a, a megaphone in the background, and oh, he's just I like think doing it's spoken song for the fisherman. Yeah, he's doing like spoken word, which is is just like such a a quintessential like. You have to have this on a metalcore album, you know, into the 2000s. Yeah. And then, like, you know, obviously the, the, the standard structure of, um, um, you know, having, like, the, the really, like, the breakdowns and, like, the really, you know, like, the, the heavy, you know, chugging choruses and whatnot. Um, yeah, like, I, I was I was a huge fan um, what, of what this, this album had to offer. Like, I, I'm really glad that you made me listen to this because it, it just it was really yeah like I, I it's always nice when you randomly like this has happened before where you, I randomly put on an album in a style that I haven't listened to in quite a while and it just becomes uh, it just it, it spurns so many memories and it makes me like want to dive into the genre more uh, like I actually was looking for a modern metalcore album like from this year that I want to listen to and uh, it didn't quite work <laughs> didn't quite happen it just didn't because I, I feel like it's hard to replicate what um, what bands from this era did yeah like, it's just it's it, it's hard this was just such a period in time um, like there's a band called Vane that released an album called Arizona oh last yeah year. yeah I, I remember listening to that last year it Basically, was them trying to do like a modern metalcore version of like Slipknot, essentially, and like those kind of new metal tropes and, and whatnot. Um, and like, I just I didn't have the same vibe. I don't think it worked. Yeah, I wasn't a big way. fan of that either. Um, but w- I have to ask, what do you think of the vocals um, on this thing? I mean, I, I assume D- positive, but the, um, I've always felt that the vocals here, like I personally love them, but I could see them being possibly annoying to some people they're a little rough around the edges uh but i I think it fits the style um i think his uh his singing could be a bit nasally and whiny in parts but again i felt like it it, it fit the 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 kind of what the band was doing and especially the time period um yeah i mean it it, it it didn't bother me i feel like in a different context like if, if this was a death metal album and that's the vocal sound like i probably would be like yeah maybe not yeah um, but... I, I think just like, like sometimes his phrasing can be just a little strange like it, it's almost like um okay th- this is gonna be a weird comparison but uh claudio sanchez from coheed and cambria like sort of how he phrases a lot of his his you know his vocal tracks um you know, Brock Lindau has, you know, this, it's it's not similar in that it's similar to, like, exactly to how Claudio Sanchez does this stuff. But, like, he, he'll he he'll sort of warp words beyond their pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like that could be sometimes annoying depending on, you know, who it is. You know, it's, it's sort of like um, Jane's Addiction to, like, uh, Perry Lee or is that his name um the the lead singer from james addiction he people might find his um vocals really annoying but you know like i think it's all depending on you know what you're into like same thing with like jamie stewart you know so um you know i i'm really glad that you uh that you like this you know it's i i've actually when i was listening to it again this week i'm like i just like i love this album so much like i need to listen to this band more like it's, yeah, I, I'm. I'm sort of mad that I haven't been listening to them more because, like, they have a couple of great albums even besides this. Like, Rest Inside of the Flames, 
uh, is really great. And then uh, they had an album right after it that I thought was really great too. And I can't remember what it's called. It's uh, oh the t- uh, I think that, yeah it was the Tide and its Takers. Um, they were all like all three of these albums are just like fucking fantastic. Uh, they all have like this like melodic edge to them that I really like and just yeah big big fan. So um, yeah, I, I mean I guess I had to say I was pleasantly surprised. Like I, I didn't think I was going to. Uh, like this at all let alone as much as i did um so i'm glad that you uh really glad that you recommended it yeah <laughs> it, no, just, I, it was, I, it, was, it, was a, it was a big pleasant surprise yeah i, I was I, I mean i wasn't sure what to expect from from your uh reaction uh though i thought that the vocals might be you know um a point of contention uh because you know you was there, yeah but for, for for the for this style i mean th- this is frankly this is just what vocals in this style sound like so really you know, though? i'm not be, be, because like i don't know like you bring up like kill switch and you bring up as a dying and like i don't think either of these guys have the same like dynamic range as brock lindo um, yeah i guess I'm, I'm thinking of other because i feel like a lot of what 36 crazy fist did on this album leaned a little bit more towards like emo and like the, that kind of style oh like, not, right not, right okay. not nearly as much like i'm thinking bands like from autumn to ashes and the static lullaby and stuff like that like not um, not nearly to this. This definitely was like a metalcore album, but some of the the vocal phrasings reminded me of that. Yeah. So it it, it was yeah like it. I mean, this isn't my all time favorite vocal style, but it's also not a style I dislike necessarily, yeah. and it fits the um, the theme. It's it's kind of like how um, the the new Fallujah album, their new vocalist kind of yells more than he screams. And to me, I don't know if it works as well. Like, I also, I don't like the music as much as their past albums. But to me, like, I don't necessarily dislike the vocals. But if, if a vocalist doesn't really fit, um, then yeah. I think that that's a big... Like, even if I, I don't mind, like, what they're doing, if it doesn't really work with the music, that could be a huge, um, a huge turnoff. I mean, that's something that people really don't like about uh, La Dispute. Yeah, is, I, is I can like, see that. <laughs> yeah, is like not like some people wouldn't mind like the spoken word poetry. They like the passion, but like it does for some people not work at all with the the music they're doing. And yeah. of course, there are a lot of people that just hate his vote, like his delivery, which I I, I totally get as well. Um, yeah, but related, like um, you know, like I've tried to listen to like Gil Scott Heron and just like sort of that spoken word delivery. I I feel like like to listen to an entire album of that would be a lot for me personally but like yeah like, like the revolution won't be televised it's like i think that's a cool song so you know yeah like for for example i actually bought um i think it's called winter in america and it's like a cool like funk leaning soul album that he sings on and his delivery is okay but it is a little odd um it's it's kind of he kind of sings but it's not super melodic or in tune because he is you know he's naturally uh, a poet and he's he's doing s- somewhat spoken word yeah. like the phrasing is how he sings um, it, it's, it's a little like Saul Williams actually now, yeah now exactly um, um, so, so as much yeah. as I liked that album it, this, the, his vocal delivery made it a little bit difficult to get through just because it, it's not what you expect with that style uh, it almost was comparable to in the way it sounded it was almost comparable to uh, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye but obviously Marvin Gaye has a phenomenal voice and it fits with the music um, whereas, good. yeah, whereas what Gil Scott Heron was doing, like it kind of fit, but also just sounded weird. Uh, I don't know. This was an interesting tangent. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so let's, I guess we'll have to move on. So, uh, albums of the week before we, before we leave this week, we'll talk about albums of the week. So, uh, Scooter, what do you, what do you have for us? This is an album, um, uh, so when we do our, our regular release day roundup, post for the blog you know sometimes uh i look at uh albums and and i see something you know find something that was interesting because usually the people who recommend it they like styles that i'm not super into Mm. um but josh posted this album by a band called sermon and the name of the album is birth of the marvelous and just the album is this really the album cover is this uh really nice shade of navy blue and this really intricate gold drawing of what looks almost like a religious figure and it was 
it just really caught my eye. I really liked uh, just like the design, and it, it clearly was something that was created. Like it wasn't digitally created. Like this is an actual piece of of art someone made. Um, and I decided to listen to the album based on just that appeal, and it really caught me off guard. Just because I I, I can't say this is. As, something I expected to like nearly as much as I did, but I, I really love it. They kind of, they fit more. I don't know if you're familiar with Soen or Catatonia. Yeah, I, I used to, I used to be really into Soen. I, I love their first album. So. Yeah. So I guess the most comparable, um, comparisons would be Soen or Catatonia for, for me, it sounds like, uh, Tool and all say collaborating to kind of, Re reinterpret some of Opeth's more melodic material. That sounds like, awesome. Like it's really, but also the interesting thing is that both of the it's a, it's an anonymous duo. Both of them are are secular, you know, non non religious people. But they whoever wrote the lyrics, he uh, went through the process of like you know after his his father passed away of going through different you know nur- nursing homes and hospitals and seeing different people you know really embracing religion and whatnot towards the end of their lives and um that fascinated him so this is kind of the theme of the album is religious but almost like religious atmosphere and kind of majesty spiritual you mean yeah spirituality spiritual but like through the lens of someone who's not religious like it's almost like he just was fascinated with that style but not you know, going full bore into the religiosity of it. Yeah. Just kind of, you know, fascinated with the, the overall theme of it. Uh, and it just, I, I really do like, obviously I'm not, I'm not a religious person, but I like a lot of the musical themes and kind of the, the, the majestic and the, the passionate spirituality, spirituality, like you said, of, of religious music and those, you know, ideas. So I like the way that they incorporated that into their music um, and it's it's very melodic, but punctuated with heaviness at just the right moments. Um, yeah, it just it really it's very interesting that this it, it's hit me as much. Like I've listened to it probably more than any album in the last you know month or so. It's just it, it's really caught me for wow. whatever reason. Yeah, wow. I, I, I I was very surprised because uh, he said it was almost like alt metal and prog metal, which I mean alternative metal usually isn't my thing. But it just yeah, I, I, yeah. No, that, that's that's I, I actually didn't expect that. Funny thing you mentioned that because uh, my album of the week is is also no. <laughs> um, you know, before this week, we, I, I I thought we, I thought you were gonna say this album. So my my, my album of the week is um, Little Sims's Gray Area. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, we, we we had a talk about this last <laughs> week. Because you um a little, okay, but we're, 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 th- this may be a touchy subject, uh, but. The, the cover of Gray Area has Little Sims doing sort of like a Willow Smith pout. Um, yes. And, and so we, we kind of confused her for Willow Smith. But yeah, like well, because... did, I, I, on this, but the thing is, like, if you look at any other picture of Little Sims, she she most definitely does not look like Willow no, Smith. No, she doesn't. So. But it, it's, a, it's in my defense, it's a black and white photo and like she's kind of in the shadows. And yeah. oh, all, it's like... It looked, like yeah, if, if you didn't if you didn't know well enough, you'd be like, oh goddamn, Will Smith's doing another fucking pretentious album. <laughs> no, but the, but that that's the thing is that I only saw like a small thumbnail and articles and stuff, and I assumed like oh like you know Will Smith is using a weird name, but then I saw this was described as UK hip hop. I'm like, all right, well, last time I knew the Smiths, the Smith family doesn't live in the United Kingdom. Well, but you, so. but m- maybe she could like affect like a like a British accent, sort of like Madonna did back in the day. I can't think of anything I want to hear less than Willow Smith <laughs> doing a fake British accent. No, no, I, I, I can, and I rapping. can think of something. No, no, Little Pump doing a British accent while rapping. Okay, yeah, touche. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So you know, I had heard about this album. This, this thing is done. You know, sort of, it's it is time. You know, in like the crit, like it's it's sort of a critical darling at the moment. People are really loving this thing. Um. And you know, I I was interested. I was a little like I was a little hesitant just just because I find um, a lot of hip hop today can sort of get like sort of not out of control, but it, but it just feels like like sometimes it can be like 
way too political. Like it gets so obsessed with its own politics that it forgets uh-huh. that it's that it's music. Um, and so, like you know, I you know, so I was a little wary going into it. But I, fuck, this is just a great album. And uh, you know, her rapping on it is just like flawless. I mean, she has a really nice flow that just like keeps on going. And there's sort of like you know that she she's talking about a lot of like tough topics, but you know the presentation doesn't make it feel like that like you know if you don't if you don't understand or if you don't want to have that at the moment that you're an idiot. Like it it feels very like sort of inviting, even though mm-hmm. she's even though she she has some pretty rough lyrics during it, which are really great. Um, you know, I I also love how it's it's just thirty five minutes. Like it's it, you know. In an age of like the two-hour rap album, we have a nice yes. little thirty-five-minute project that is fucking great, tight as hell. Um, but I think the the thing that I love most about it is that, um, you know, it makes me want to listen to it again. Yeah. Um, you know, it really invites re-listening and like like that. That's one of my favorite things about finding a new album, uh, because like you know, like I think for me, like a good piece of art allow like really invites you to explore more and to view it more and just to keep going again and again and again like that's why like you know like i'll watch videodrome like a million times or like a razorhead a million times because like i just find those movies so interesting mm-hmm. uh you know and i think this is sort of the same thing like there, there were a couple albums like like or like even this year um shushu's you know girl with basket of fruit i feel i find myself putting that on every week now because I, I'm just so enticed by it and so interested in sort of what lurks underneath it. And this is very much the same thing. And I'm, and I'm glad that that's a hip-hop album, too, because I feel like um, I think both of us really, like, we, we sort of haven't been paying attention to a lot of modern hip-hop. And I think for good reason, because um, a lot of the stuff that's in the main like mainstream right now is, is kind of garbage, um, in my opinion. Or at least just not really not my thing just trap really done badly um so you know it's it's cool to see someone take you know some some new like sort of bring together some old sounds to make some new sounds like it, you know it, her flow reminds me a little bit of like dizzy rascal so it has like a little bit of this grind yeah. thing to it but at the same time it has more of like a boom bap vibe to it as well when it comes to like production mm-hmm. uh you know i so it's just it all really comes together really well, and I, I can't wait to just listen to this thing more. So that is all I have. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm glad you really enjoyed it because I was listening to this yesterday, actually. Um, and it, it, yeah, I mean, I made. I think we talked about it on, on the podcast when we were talking about no. you know, like our preview for this year. Is that I, I wanted to, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to get more into hip hop and I saw this was being talked about a lot. And once I got over my initial impulse, this was a Willow Smith album. Um, I, I've, I've listened to this a lot and I, I really enjoy her kind of young exuberant take on hip hop. There's one song in particular, Venom, where she yes. kind of like, it's just, it's such an aggressive take and she, um, yeah, Venom's she a doesn't talk great about track. the fact that. Yeah, she doesn't talk about the fact that she's a female rapper a lot because obviously that is that's still I mean that's never not going to be a um, kind of a point of contention for some people. Like there, I know there are people who are always at least you know for now not really going to be into listening to female rappers. There's still like a stereotype about female rappers, and she kind of went off about how you know um, you know she's here and, and she proves. Um, that's something I like is that she proves that she just is a good rapper. Like it doesn't matter her gender or like, you know, her location because obviously the UK rap scene isn't as big as the US rap scene. Uh, she just is proving that she's really talented and, and has a unique, you know, interesting voice and something mm-hmm. to offer. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, Venom, I, I, Venom's probably the best track off of that album. Uh, you the, know? the beat, the way she writes, it's just, it's such a well-written yeah. um, song. I think that's, that's something that I, I, uh, not to go on another huge tangent, but that's that's another thing that maybe followed in love with rap a little bit is kind of the the formulaic aspects of it. That it's kind of just you know the beat kind of comes in, intro, you know, a little bit of a different introduction, and then it hits, and then it's just kind of verse, hook, verse, hook. Whereas I like when rappers do stuff like this, where you know she kind of 
is playing off of the beat. It just mm. it feels more organic. It feels like it develops like a normal song. Um, yeah, it, it feels rap. like that there's actually like effort being put in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Versus this, you know, like, like the producer just drops a beat and then people just periodically come in and, and put in rhymes. Like it feels like she, it, she's part of the song. Versus yeah. There's not, there's not like a, a duality to it. There's actual, um, you know, synthesis of, of what the MC is doing, what the producer is yeah, doing. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that, I, I mean, totally agree there. So, um, well, that has been our episode this week. Uh, thanks for listening. And we will oh. talk to you guys later. Yeah. Right. Thanks. Th- thanks a lot. All right, bye. Bye.